we're good. All right. Nothing like a good spring thunderstorm, right? I remember as a kid growing up, we used to sit and watch it roll in over the mountain. Uh, you could sit on certain places on the property and see it, see it coming. And uh, every now and then it would trick you, it'd come from behind. But usually it always came over the mountain, you could see it coming. It was really cool to watch. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, it. get some good, good memories doing that. Uh, we're in Philippians today, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I don't know what age it is that you turn from being afraid of thunderstorms to liking thunderstorms. I don't remember what it was for me. Um, but... Uh, I love them now. Good napping weather. Stay awake, all right? Um, <laughs> you can nap after the service between during lunch if you want, but uh, hold on just a little longer for me if you will. Uh, it really is good sleeping weather, though. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. We're continuing our series on victory, and, uh, and today we're going to look at stress. Um, have you ever experienced stress in your life before? Ever had that moment where uh, you, you had a little bit of a, of a stressing out situation uh, where you allowed stress to come in? And uh, it's hard, right? Stress is, um, it is something that everyone deals with in some degree and, uh, and, and different varying degrees, I would say. Some people are better at handling stress than others. Some people are just better at hiding stress than others, not necessarily handling it, but hiding it as well. And so today we want to look at what the Bible says about it and, uh, and see if we can be some help. We'll give some practical things, uh, some biblical things, and then we'll, uh, we'll head to lunch today. But let's look in verse number 11, Philippians 4 and verse number 11. It says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Uh, everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, today I want us to look at how we can gain victory over stress in our life, biblical victory over stress in our life. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. Lord, again, we thank you for letting us come today. We thank you for your word and what it teaches us. And God, I pray that today as we take some time to look at this topic of stress, I pray that it would be a help to us. And I pray that your word ultimately would impact our lives to help us to handle and, and more importantly to get victory over the stress that is in our life. So Lord, help us to see it clearly. Help me to present it clearly and correctly, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Dr. Norman Wright, he's a Christian counselor, he said this about stress. He says, stress is not an influence in the world, but a reaction in the body. The source is not the stressor. Stress comes from within, not without. It was interesting when I was reading that and thinking through and, and, and preparing for this message, um, you don't hear that a lot, whereas stress is something that comes from within as opposed to something coming from without. There are things in life that obviously cause us to stress. There are issues and, and circumstances and things like that uh, that work through in our lives and cause stress. But ultimately, stress, looking at it from a biblical perspective, stress comes from the inside, not from the things on the outside, the circumstances and the situations on the outside. So when we look to have victory, we have to look within. Again, we're talking about biblical victory. 
We're talking about lasting victory. We're talking about uh, um, uh, uh, true victory in our life. And Christ focused so much on his uh, earthly ministry, and when he preached, uh, when he was doing his earthly ministry, he focused so much on the heart. And that's where everything is, is focused on. So when we look at things in our lives that we struggle with and things that we have uh, um, uh, a hard time gaining victory over, we cannot look at the outward things. We have to look at the inward. We have to look within ourselves and at our heart and our mind to be able to gain the victory that we need. Sure, things on the outside impact us, but victory ultimately comes from within. As a Christian... Um, and we've been taught this, we should know this, right? But as a Christian, we have the Lord, uh, God, the Holy Spirit to help us, to equip us, to prepare us, to strengthen us, to guide us, um, to help us through the things in our life that we need. Well, where does the Holy Spirit indwell? Well, in, <laughs> right? In, uh, that's where he indwells. Uh, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And so if we're going to gain spiritual victory, biblical victory, we have to go within because that's where the Holy Spirit lives, because that's where God uh, is in our lives. And so we look at this idea of, of winning victory over any sin, and we'll talk about stress here in just a second, but over any sin, you have to understand where it starts. It starts here in the heart. Uh, the Bible says that where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. All right, so what am I treasuring? Am I treasuring victory? Some people love drama, right? Um, I've, um, I, I put in a rule in the church that I pastored in Indiana when we went to camp. Our rule was no drama. Uh, now you're dear with teenagers and with young kids and, and with adults. And I found very quickly that the adults cause as much drama as the kids did. And so my first year as pastor, um, we went to camp, and we were there. We had, I don't know, six, seven adults with us, and then uh, a handful, 50, 60 kids, I think, that went with us that first year. And, and, and so and we're sitting there eating breakfast one day with the adults, and we're sitting there talking, and they're going through all the, well, you know, so-and-so said this, and uh, well, this, this girl's got a crush on this guy, and this, this boy's doing this, and all these kind of things going on. It's just breakfast, like the first day of camp. And I said, okay, here's the rule, no drama. We're not going to have any drama. Just, just cut it out. You know, we're done with it. But some people like it. And they like the emotional aspect of drama. Even if it causes stress in their life. Even if it causes burden in their life. Or stress or burden on someone else's life. They don't care. They like the drama. Christians shouldn't love drama. Christians should love peace. Uh, order. Calm. That's what Christians should love. Because that's what Christ loves. And so when we look at having victory over the things within our lives, we have to understand that it starts with where is my heart? Am I, is my heart treasuring the right things? Or the right thing, if I use that word as reverently as possible, in God. Let's look at a couple things about stress, some practical things, and then we're going to come back to the scripture here and, and, and look at how we handle it. Uh, causes for stress. There's a lot of different causes for stress in the world, uh, things that, that will pour that into our lives. Boredom is one of the main causes of stress. Can you believe that? Boredom. Uh, so if you're bored in church this morning, you better be careful. You're about to get stressed out. Um, boredom is, is a cause for stress. Time pressures like deadlines obviously would cause 
uh, could cause stress. Personality types uh, can tend to cause stress depending on what your personality type is. Unrealistic expectations can cause stress. Role conflict, both at work and at home, can cause stress. Lack of communication, both at work and at home, can cause stress. Lack of understanding normal adult transitions. As you make transitions in life and you begin to go through things that happen to pretty much everyone, but it can still bring on stress without your comprehension, understanding of what is going on uh, in, in, and how you're supposed to handle it. So there's a lot of causes for stress. You know, it's funny, we think through stress, and I don't know what stresses you out, but I look at this list, I think, well, lack of communication is definitely stressful, um, especially at work, you know, when you don't have the, the command given, and then you do something, and they say, well, why'd you do that? And you say, well, because that's how I thought we were supposed to do it. And they said, no, you're supposed to do it this way, and they get all mad at you, and you're like, well, no one ever told me. I was with my dad one time. My dad was my boss for several years, and... Um, he was he was upset at somebody, and uh, and he said, well, he didn't do this. And I said, well, Dad, did you tell him to do it? He said, well, no, but he should know. I said, I mean, if you didn't tell him, that doesn't seem right to be upset at him if he, no one told him he was supposed to do it. And, uh, and my dad didn't appreciate the, the advice. But um, <laughs> lack of communication can be very stressful. Uh, in a marriage, you know, obviously it's one of the, the leading causes for um, uh, hardship in a marriage is lack of communication. It causes a lot of stress. Role conflict, um, not understanding your role or someone else not understanding their role can definitely be stressful. Expectations, and what is your expectation? Um, and I want to bring this back to the message here. When we have an expectation for victory over things in our life, um, and, and our expectation doesn't match what actually happens, that can be stressful. When we're saying, well, I expect victory in this way, and it doesn't happen that way, and now we're, we're stressed about it, and we have issues with it. Um, so let's focus then on, on the rest of our time this morning on how we can win, how we can have victory over stress. And what it comes down to is this, your attitude. And now again, that's a broad term we're talking about, uh, a message, but your attitude, your heart, kind of um, how how things are um, uh, in in your mind over stress. How do you think about it? How do you uh, focus on it? How do you try to get victory on it? Proverbs twenty three seven says, "For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he." All right, so, so your attitude about it is going to be something. There's two common attitudes on stress. Number one is to change the situation. Change the situation. The mindset of quit a job, divorce a spouse, um, just get out of the situation completely. I just got to change the situation. Uh, that can be very drastic um, and can be very hurtful. The second way to commonly, uh, common attitude on stress is to deal with the symptoms by doing something, drinking, medication, those sorts of things. Both of these attitudes uh, do not take care or do not solve the problem of stress. Now, can changing your situation help eliminate some stress? Sure. Can um, dealing with the symptoms mask some things about stress? I suppose it can. But neither of these things actually solve anything they actually avoid the solution and that brings us to Philippians chapter 4 
And this is the heart uh, showing us that the heart is the solution. Dealing with the inside, dealing with what the heart is, is the solution to stress. Now, again, people are different personalities, right? So some people, they hide it, they mask it, and no one knows they're being stressed, or at least no one knows to the degree that they are stressed. And then other people, they just they man, everything's out there. <laughs> it's not, not hard to tell. Man, that person is stressed. Uh, that person's struggling, uh, right? Okay, but it doesn't matter how you have handled it, how you've masked it, how you've opened up to it, how any of those kinds of things, if you're not dealing with the heart. Now, is stress a sin? Now, that's, a, that's an interesting question, is it not? Is stress a sin? If I am stressed, am I sinning? And I want to be careful with this. Um, I think that you could make the argument for yes, and we'll look at this in just a second. But at the same time, I think you know, to feel stress is not necessarily a sin. Uh, and I don't want you just to think that I'm, I'm pouring down on you today if you're stressed out, and now you're stressed about that. Um, but uh, to understand that, Again, where's our focus? Where's our heart at in stressful situations? That's really what it's about. Um, so we see a couple things here. First of all, the heart is the solution, right? So look back in Philippians chapter 4. We'll spend the rest of our time here in this, this, this chapter. Um, it says there in verse number 13, a familiar verse, right? We've heard this a lot. We hear this from non-Christians all the times or from um, unfaithful Christians. Uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, athletes love this passage. Um, they, they like to use this one a lot. But it's some important words here. I can. All right, that's an important two words. I can. I can do all things. Now, you see, look at that phrase, and man, this is, this is a great motivational, woo-hoo, yes, I can do all things. It says, I can do all things through Christ. It's not I can do all things, it's I can do all things through Christ. So we look at things that stress us out, things that put a burden on our, on our shoulders, uh, things that, that cause us concern and worry, and we have to understand that I cannot get victory over that on my own. I cannot do anything on my own, but I can do all things through Christ. I can't through myself. Can I do some things on my own? Sure. Can I do anything with lasting success on my own? No, you can't. Now, you would argue with me. Some would. Uh, well, there's lots of lost people in this world who have long-term success. Okay, in, in a span of 20, 30, 40, 50 years on this earth, it seems like long-lasting, right? But in the scope of eternity... There's nothing long about this life. And if you think, well, I can continue to do this on my own. I don't need God's help. Because a lot of times what happens is when we, when we go to God for help, we understand that God desires surrender, sacrifice, obedience. And that in order to receive the full blessing, we looked at this in 1 John, to in order to receive the full blessings of God, the, the, the perfected love of God, that means that I am in obedience to him. I'm following him. Well, what does that mean? That means I have to stop doing things in my life that I like to do. Not everything. Following God is not, is not a bummer. I don't know if we use that term anymore. Uh, following God is not a bummer. It's not a drag. It's, 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 it's joyful. 
It's filled with victory. It's filled with success. It's filled with gladness. It's filled with joy. It's filled with reward. But a lot of times where we go, well, I'm going to do it myself because I don't want to give up myself to follow God. So I'm just going to do it myself. And we say, well, I can do all things through myself. But it does not work. And here we're given this, this, this great passage from Paul. But again, it's given to us by inspiration of God. God says, you need to know this. And he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. If you're stressed this morning, you have to understand there's nothing you can do to make the stress disappear. If you go into these um, outlets that the world will tell you to do, take medication. Listen, I'm so thankful that we have medications in this world that can help us when we're sick and when we're hurt and all those sorts of things. I'm not anti-medicine, all right? But if our dependence is solely in medication, we've missed the point completely. And the world will tell you, well, just take some more pills. Well, what does that do for you? Now, listen, if it helps, great. But what it... (laughs) That's how I view the chiropractor. I could be wrong. It's just how I view the chiropractor. It's a scam. All right? I'm going to make you feel better for a week or maybe a month, but then you're not going to feel good anymore. You're going to have to come back. All right? Now, I don't think all chiropractors are bad people, just wicked. Um, But uh, I'm kidding. If you like the chiropractor, God bless you. Um, And it's fine. Uh, But that's what medication a lot of times does when it comes to things of emotion, and things like that, it is, it's, it's masking things. And, and again, if it's helpful and, and, and the Lord's good with it, I'm good with it, right? But my point is, is if your soul dependence is in the medication to get you through, you're not going to get victory. And that doesn't mean that if God gives you victory, that means that you don't ever have to take medication again, right? And please don't, I just don't, I don't want to be confused as, I, I, I had this happen once already in my pastoral life where it's like, well, you said that. No, that's not what I said. Um, listen, as, as with everything in your life, make it a matter of prayer. And if God says, go to the doctor and do what they tell you to do, then, then please do it. Okay, so I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a physician. Uh, all right, so I'm just, just please hear me out on this. Um, I can do all things through Christ. Christ is the ultimate answer. If I need victory over anything, but we're talking about stress today, I need Christ to help me. I need Christ's strength to help me. I need him to give me what I need to succeed. That means it's going to be giving over all of my stress and laying it at his feet so that he can handle it for me. Because I cannot do it myself. I need Christ to do it for me. Look earlier in the chapter, verse number four. We sang this, this verse all my life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. All right, now let's do it as a round. Uh, no, okay. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Listen, this is a matter of the heart, is it not? The heart is the solution. So I need to understand, first of all, that I can do all things through Christ, not through myself. I need to, number two, I need to rejoice in the Lord. What does this mean? This means I'm looking at God and seeing the good things that God has done for me. Seeing the things that God has helped me in in the past. The things that God is helping me in in the present. And the things that God will help me with in the future. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
There is not a moment in a Christian's life where they cannot look at God and see the good. You can go through some, some dark stuff in your life. Go through some hurt, some heartache. There is not a moment in a Christian's life where you cannot look at God and see something good in him. And therefore, we should rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We're looking at things that are stressing us, and we feel the stress in our life. It's not, it's not bad to eliminate some things on the outside that are causing the stress sometimes. But I have to start on the inside and understand I cannot do it on my own. I need God to do it for me. I can do all things through Christ. Secondly, I have to rejoice in the Lord. Now listen, I've talked about this before, but it's not like we're going through this hurt and this heartache and we say, Oh Lord, thank you for this. Oh man, I just thank you for, for taking that, that loved one out of my life. Oh Lord, thank you for having this uh, job uh, where I got fired. Lord, thank you for... Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. It's about rejoicing in what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do. I might not understand why I'm going through this, this, this pain that's causing me all this stress, but I can say, Lord, thank you. For what? For saving me. Lord, thank you for providing for me. Lord, thank you in the loss of a loved one. Lord, thank you for the time I had with them. Lord, thank you for the impact of them in my life. Listen, I'm not saying that we need to say, Lord, thank you for the hurt. But I'll tell you what, I've learned at times of hurt that I thank God before I get the relief, I thank God for the relief. Because he's always taken care of it in the past, why is he not going to do it now? It has helped me in so many ways to look ahead to what God will do. I don't know how he's going to do it. Right? I'm not, I'm not, I have no idea how he's going to answer the, 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 the need that I have, how he's going to relieve me of the stress that I have, or any of those things. But I have learned to say, God, thank you for what you're going to do. And it makes me uh, put my heart in the right place. It takes that stress off of my shoulders because God's going to take care of it. I always try to tell people, listen, if you've never allowed God to take care of it for you, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. But I can tell you all the different areas in my life where God took loads off of my shoulders and carried it for me. It's not going to matter to you until you do it for yourself. All the help that God's given me, man, it's great, but it doesn't matter to you until God helps you. And God is waiting for you to go to him and ask him for help. I use the illustration of Bible college because in Bible college, you would always have the testimony time at the beginning of every semester. And kids would stand up and praise the Lord for whatever going on. And there's always somebody who stands up. My college bill got paid. Praise the Lord. And the other 800 people in school would just roll their eyes. Good for you. Doesn't help me any. Good for you. Sometimes we do that in church. Man, we get to see someone that God does something really great in their life, whether it's a provision, a, a healing, an answer to prayer, whatever it may be, and we just sit there and roll our eyes and go, well, good for you. Doesn't help me any. Okay, so go to God. And we have this, this mindset and this heart of rejoicing in the Lord. 
even when we are stressed to the max, rejoice in the Lord for what he has done, for what he is doing, and for what he will do. Number three, moderation. Look in verse number five. The Bible says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. I like this um, explanation of this verse. And things indifferent do not run into extremes. I talked about earlier, people like drama. Uh, don't, God doesn't. Don't, don't be extreme. Things that are indifferent, things that Scripture um, is not black and white on, don't be extreme. Things that um, in your life, listen, there are lost people in this world watching you. Whether you believe it or not, everybody at your work knows if you go to church. Now, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, does it not? I've got people that I go to work with that go to church. Um, so they say, and then the more you talk to them, you know, it's, you know, once every now and then, <laughs> what's your pastor's name? Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, okay, well, interesting, <laughs> right? So going to church doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but the reality is, is the people in your workplace know that you go to church and the way that you live and the way that you react and the way that you talk, Everyone sees, and God says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. And things that are indifferent, don't go to the extreme. Don't be dramatic over things. I'm telling you, and it's easier said than done, right? But at work, a Christian in the workplace, they just shouldn't be stressed. And by, by that I mean... Every day when people walk into work, you should not be characterized as always stressed out. It's going to happen occasionally, right? But if it's every day you're known as the guy that's just stressed to the max, as a lady that's just stressed to the max, everything is just ah, all the time. What does that say about your God? Now, again, I'm trying to be as nice as I can about this, but what does it say about your God? Well, honestly, what it says, the people view it as what it says about your God, but what it says is more about you and where your heart is. And you're not allowing God to take care of the things in your life. And so what it's telling them is, is why would I serve your God? Look at you. And we use that when we talk about sin a lot, right? Well, I can't, if I live a sinful life, an openly sinful life, I'm not going to be able to witness to my coworkers. That's true. If I live an openly stressed out life, it's going to limit your witness and your, your ability to share the gospel with your coworkers. Because they're going to say, why would I want to live the life that you're living? You're stressed all the time. That doesn't look fun. That doesn't look enjoyable. Let your moderation be known unto men. Let them see what God has done in your life. Let them see how God carries your burdens. Don't go to the extremes. Number, what are we on? Three, four, four. Verse number six, give it to God. This is the one we always look at with worry, right? And worry and stress are very similar. Be careful for nothing. Well, Mom always said I need to be careful. Understand the terminology here. Be careful, worrisome, or for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be made known unto God. Um, we know the phrase, and because it was made into a catchy tune, don't worry, be happy. And um, <laughs> there's a lot that surrounds that song that probably isn't very Christian-like, but it's a good, it's a good statement and something that Christians should live by. I'm not going to worry and stress over things. I'm going to be happy with what God is doing in my life. And so I'm not going to be stressed over everything. I'm not going to be worrying about things because in everything that I do, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, with thanksgiving, I'm going to let my request be known unto God. Let's just take it to God. Listen, the answer to everything in this series is going to be take it to God. Everything that we're trying to gain victory over, this is this is the simplest. I mean, we could preach a two-minute sermon today, but you guys would hate me for it because you like the long ones. Um, where we could just say, you want victory over stress? Take it to God. The end. Now listen, it sounds simple, and we say, well, that, does, that sounds really, really simple. I don't think it's that easy. It is that easy. If I will truly hand it over to God, God will take it. But what do we do? We say, God... I got this problem, and I need your help with it. Lord, give me help. And as soon as we hang up the phone, as soon as we say amen, we immediately begin scheming about how we can fix it. That's not giving it to God. That's asking God not believing he's going to do it for you. So much about our prayer life is based off of this. It's what Christ teaches about prayer. It's asking with the belief that he is going to answer. It's having faith that when I give it to him, he's got it. But sadly, a lot of times our life is characterized by hoping that God's going to do something for us versus believing that God's going to do something for us. And the Bible here tells us to be careful for nothing. And how do I do that? I, I give everything to God. I let my requests be made known unto God. And look at how I do that right in verse number 6. He says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. This goes back to what I was just talking about with rejoicing about what is to come. It's, it's thanking the Lord for how he has answered prayer, for how he is answering prayer, and for how he will answer prayer. God, here is my worry. Here is my concern. Here is my stress. God, take it and thank you for helping me with this. And then it comes to listening to what God says, to hearing what God's response is to us. Give it to God. Number five, put your mind on the right things. Verse number eight, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. Maybe it's time to turn off the television. Turn off the radio. Turn off the podcast. Tune, tune off everything that's coming in. And listen, again, I need to make this clear because I've been accused of this before too. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to throw away your television. I mean, it's not probably not a horrible thing, but it's not what I'm saying. But are we thinking on things that are godly? And whatsoever things are true. I tell you what, it's harder and harder and harder to find truth in anything but Scripture. It just is.
How much scripture do we allow into our hearts on a daily basis versus the other things we allow into our hearts? If you're stressed out, <laughs> I don't know if you can. It would depend on what your job and family situation is. Maybe you can't turn off the phone. But if you're stressed out and you can put the phone away, put the phone away. If you're stressed and, 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 and you've got all this stress in your life, turn the television off. You'll be amazed what a week of silence, what a day of silence, what a week of silence will do for you. And turn your attention to the things of God. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's any virtue and any praise, think on these things. Again, it's about your heart. What are you allowing to impact your heart? The Bible says uh, that we are to keep our heart with all the diligence, to guard it, to put up a protection around it. To, it's the same word that we get, uh, as much as I hate to bring up soccer, it's the same word as we get for goalkeeper in soccer, the, the, the guy whose job it is to not let the ball into the net. That's how you're supposed to guard your heart. And if you've ever watched soccer, I did it on accident twice. If you've ever watched soccer, Dad told me it was a Nazi sport. I wasn't supposed to watch it. Um, you see those goalkeepers, man, they're diving all over the place. I've seen some funny clips where the guy hits his head on the post. Oh, man, it's hilarious. Um, he's doing everything he can to guard and protect that goal. He's diving. He's got his arms out. He's swatting at the ball. He's doing everything he can to keep it out. That's how we're supposed to guard our heart. If it's not what's listed here in verse number 8, we need to keep it out. And if it is, then we let it in. If you're stressed, you've got to start with what are you thinking on? What are you allowing in your life? What are you allowing to influence your heart? And you probably need to make changes. It may not be major changes. It may not be massive changes, but you, you kind of have to make changes. If your life is filled with stress, you have to understand, I can't do it. I, God can, so I can do it through Christ. I need to rejoice in the Lord. I need to, to, to be moderate, less extreme. I need to give it to God. I, I need to put my mind on the right things. Psalm 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Now listen to this verse. You may have heard it before. Let the words of my mouth, things that I say, and the meditation of my heart, the things that I think on, let them be acceptable in your sight, Lord. We allow ourselves to measure the things in our life by how we'll be accepted by other people when the reality is we should be measuring it by how it's accepted by God. We do things in our marriage that will be accepted by our spouse. If our spouse accepts it, then we're, we feel good about it. And generally speaking, that's not, that's not a horrible way to live, but that's not who we're supposed to measure to. Does God accept it? As kids, we do whatever our parents accept. As much as I hate to admit it, parents can be wrong sometimes. Now, the child's responsibility is to obey and to honor. That's what the Bible teaches. But the reality is there's times where 
we train up our kids and then we find out or realize maybe I was wrong. I'm so thankful for my upbringing. I love my parents to death. They're wonderful parents to this day, wonderful parents. And I'm so thankful, man. Just what an encouragement. Uh, parents have been so faithful in praying and encouraging uh, us in this ministry um, on a regular basis. Dad, still, we talk, and, and, uh, and he adds anyone who comes to the church immediately puts them on a prayer list and starts praying for them. There were things that my parents accepted in my childhood that maybe they shouldn't have. Not a lot of them, but different things. Whereas I grew up and, 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 you know, different things. Now, again, I'm responsible for my actions. My parents are responsible for the teaching and the training, but I'm responsible for my actions. I answer for my own actions. But that's why I'm supposed to measure what is acceptable, not in the sight of my parents. Although as a kid, it's a great way to start, a perfect way to start. What does mom and dad say is, okay, that's what I'm supposed to obey. But ultimately, we line up what is acceptable with God. Let the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. And then the psalmist here says, my strength and my redeemer. Now listen, this goes right back to Philippians, does it not? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And here the psalmist says, let everything that I do, Lord, be acceptable in your sight. And he calls him my strength. Is God your strength today? We're talking about having victory over stress. You cannot do it on your own. You have to do it through Christ and let him strengthen you. He needs to be your source of strength. How do I acquire that strength? I, I speak, right? I pray. I ask him. I seek his help. I read his word. I receive his instruction. This is how Christ becomes my strength. I cannot live a worldly godless or slightly godly life and expect God to be my strength. The reality is it's all or nothing. Either I'm all in for Christ or I'm not. Remember he says to us, he teaches us that he'd rather you be warm or hot or cold other than warm because a warm Christian, I spew him out of my mouth. I hate it. It's all or nothing. And we live our lives, and listen, I, I grew up, and I've mentioned it many times, the Christian bubble. And inside this bubble, I'm okay because the people on the outside of the bubble, man, they're, they're evil. I spent my whole teenage years hearing a youth pastor talk about drugs and alcohol. He also talked about music and other things too, but it was always these big things, right? Big things. Stay away from this. Don't do this. All these kinds of things. And I look at it and go, listen, I, I might listen to the wrong music, but at least I'm not doing drugs or drinking. I'm okay. Because within that Christian bubble, it made me feel fine that I wasn't as bad as the other people. And yet God would look down at me and he'd say, Vince, I'm disappointed. Vince, I'm upset. Vince, you're wrong. Because I wasn't living my life so that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart were acceptable in his sight. I was living to see if it was acceptable in my youth pastor's sight. You know what? My youth pastor would look at me and he'd say, Vince, you're a really good guy. I got put on a leadership council. 
uh, as, as, a, as a fairly young teenager. Uh, I, my pastor let me teach Sunday school. Uh, when the youth pastor left and the pastor was in charge of the, the youth group, and he let me teach Sunday school. Uh, they let me uh, sing. They let me do all these different things, work in the kids' classes, all these kinds of things. And so in their side, I was being accepted because compared to some of the other kids in the church, I was really good. And so because I was acceptable in their sight, everything was fine in my eyes. But the Lord wasn't my strength. And what does the living to be accepted in their sight cause? It causes stress. My youth pastor came up to me one day uh, in the summer, and he said, Vince, he said, what did you read for your devotion? I was so excited to see him. I hadn't seen him in a while. I was working at camp, and, and, uh, and hey, how's it going, Pastor Dave? And he said, Vince, good to see you. What did you read for your devotions this morning? <laughs> Smart Vince says, oh, I haven't gotten to them yet today. I'll get to them later. He goes, oh, okay, what did you read for your devotions yesterday? Oh, man, he got me. Smart guy. And it was great to have that accountability, right? To, to, someone to, 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 to encourage you to do right. But listen, as a young, young kid who grew up in ministry his whole life, grew up in church his whole life, Trying to live up to what is acceptable in the sight of men and women can be awfully stressful. Because it's all on me. But living to live a life that is acceptable by God is not stressful. Why? Because it's all up to Him. He's my strength in order for me to live up to His acceptability. That takes the, the stress off of me. And I think the psalmist just so wonderfully puts it here as he says that, that let these things be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's all on him. I read this quote, perfectionism is not a spiritual calling. God has called you to live a balanced life and to experience the joy of the Lord. The Bible says to be holy as God is holy. Our, our desire should strive to be what Christ was our example. Um, our desire should be to live holy and acceptable in the sight of the Lord. But God knows you're not perfect. Hence the reason he sent his only begotten son to die for you. If you're living a life and you're trying to be perfect, listen, you should try to be holy. If you're living a life trying to be perfect, it's going to cause a lot of stress in your life. You should be living a life that is acceptable by God through the strength of God. Because you can't do it on your own. One of the biggest stresses to Christianity, to a spiritual walk with Christ, is that spiritual checklist. Did I read my Bible today? Did I go to church? Did I obey my parents? Did I love my spouse? Did I pay my taxes? Whatever it is, all these things. And when you view the Christian life as a checklist, you're living it wrong. Should you read your Bible? 100% yes. Should you go to church? 100% yes. Should you pay your taxes? Yes. Should you uh, love your spouse? Yes. You should do all of those things. But if you're doing it only to check it off the list, 
It's going to cause stress in your life. But if you're going into it with a heart, as we read in Psalms, Lord, let the words and my heart, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, and Lord, be my strength. And in Philippians 4.11, Paul says, I speak, uh, not that I speak in respect of want, uh, for I've learned whatever state I am therewith to be content. Well, what does he mean by that? He tells us in verse 12, I know both how to be abased and how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. What does he say? He says, I live a stress-free life. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. If I've got everything that I need, wonderful, I'm stress-free. If I'm lacking, wonderful, God's got it under control. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Everybody wants more. That's what society teaches us. You deserve more. Listen, if someone offers me 20 bucks, you know what I do? I say thank you and I take it. <laughs> I used to say, oh, you don't have to do that. Not anymore. I say thank you and I take it. Stick it in my pocket. Because I can always use more. But the heart is supposed to be what Paul says. No matter what state I'm in, I'm content. Not because of anything that I do but because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Listen, if you've got stress in your life today, you're not allowing God to be your strength. And I encourage you. There is nothing more freeing than giving it to God. I've told this story before, but when I first became a pastor, I was 26 years old. I walked into the church for the first time as the pastor on a Sunday morning. We were living in an RV parked out back behind the church until we got into our house. So it was not a long walk. Walked out the front door of the RV, went into the church building, and I'm walking down the hallway into my office. And at that moment, I felt a weight on my shoulders. I'm telling you, I can't explain it any more clearer than that. It was a physical weight on my shoulders, and it finally hit me. Oh, my goodness. What were these people thinking? can't do this and I remember praying and saying Lord I mean this is an hour and a half before the service I just remember praying and saying Lord I can't do this I need your help and you know what God did <laughs> he didn't look at me and go of course you can't do it he didn't laugh. He didn't scold. He took the load right off of my shoulders. And he continued to show me <laughs> to this day, Vince, you can't do this. But if you'll let me be your strength, you'll be just fine. Don't allow the weight of stress to ruin your life. It will. It'll ruin your marriage. It'll ruin your workplace. It'll ruin your joy. Give it to God. And understand, I can't through myself, but I can through Christ, which strengthens me.
Lord, I pray for your help this morning. We all have different circumstances in our lives, different things that put pressure onto us. Lord, I pray this morning that your word has clearly shown us that there's nothing we can do on our own, but that we need your help. And Lord, may we stop trying to change the situation or deal with the symptoms and start trying to find the solution. Lord, may we understand that we need the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts to be acceptable in your sight. But Lord, we need you to be our strength. So help us to rejoice. Help us to live moderately. Lord, help us to give it to you. Help us to put our minds on the things that are right. And God, may we live a life that experiences the joy of the Lord. But again, Lord, we know we can only do that through your help. So this morning I pray that, this, that we would take the stress in our life, that we'd give it to you, and God, that we would feel the relief and the victory over that stress. And I pray it in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, one.